Hey everybody, welcome to Aimless Shower Thoughts again. I'm sorry it's been a while that I've posted anything. Life's gotten kind of crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's everyone here listening can definitely attest that that's kind of how life has been recently. Uh, I kind of wanted to do something different. You all know that with each of my episodes, I kind of have this epiphany of something that I want to do that's a little bit different. And so far, I've received a lot of really great feedback, which I love. Um, this is all about creating a community and a platform for people to come listen and to feel like there's someone else out there who kind of gets it and is willing to be real with you. So I actually invited Christian on. He's my guest today. Uh, and just to quickly, I'll be as brief as I can, introduce Christian. Um, we met online and we we talked for, I want to say we talked purely just through chatting for like two months. There was like a few weeks where we like didn't say anything at all when I was like, dude, we should totally video chat because of COVID. And he was just like, cool. And then there was nothing. <laughs> no hard feelings. Um, but <laughs> um, anyway, so what ended up happening is he reached out a couple weeks later and he was just like, hey. I'm so sorry. I got really busy. And in my head, I'm like, dude, me too. So no worries. Um, so that's kind of how we met. We started doing video chats. And uh, we've just connected in a lot of ways, I feel. And I think that he would agree. Um, and so I was like, you've got to do an episode. I think this would be awesome. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself really quickly. Hello, everybody. My <laughs> name's Christian. I am Natalia's <laughs> friend. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am I am the internet uh social man. <laughs> I am not awkward. <laughs> not Hi everybody, all. my name's Christian. I am a voice actor, um uh mainly as my, my profession. And so yeah, this is uh pretty much where I'm comfortable recording things. The video part's a little new, but yeah, recording my <laughs> voice. This is where I this is where I live. <laughs> I, awesome. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, we were actually brainstorming ideas of what we wanted to do, and I think we pretty quickly figured out there were two topics that we really wanted to do, which is either D&D. <laughs> I think that was the first topic we ever talked about. That what, was. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that was like the first topic that we had talked about, and I'm just like, hmm. We'll get to that later. And yeah. then um, the topic that we decided, like, actually came down to and decided on um, is one that we're going to talk about today, uh, which was um, starting over. Because, mm -hmm. uh, again, we've, we've video chatted and just, we always just have the best conversations, I feel, I personally feel. And in that, we've come to find that we, we, we've, not had the same journey. We've not had the same journey, but it's interesting that we align in so many different things and how we've grown, how we've healed, how we've chosen to kind of progress in our lives. Um, so we're going to, we'll just dive in, but kind of a yes. rough idea of <laughs> what we're going to go over is kind of like our lives before. Um, basically the catalyst that made us want to change, like our individual selves, what made us want to change, um, and that the steps that we took to make said changes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I guess we'll kind of jump right in. You guys have heard a lot from me, so I'm actually going to have Christian go first. Um, I'm going to have him kind of go through and kind of talk about his life before, and I'll jump in. Fantastic. So I was born a voice actor, um, <laughs> and I have not changed whatsoever. I've been, I've been just like this since I was born. You know how they say that some men are born with a briefcase, 
and a tie, and they just walk right into work. That was pretty much me. Uh, my mother devel- uh, d- delivered me right into a studio. No. So <laughs> I am currently turning 32 in less than a month, and I did not start this journey into voice acting professionally until I think I started studying at 27, 28. I got a microphone at 29, and I was like, okay, okay, before I hit 30, I'm going to goals and this, and because, you know, everything tells me in my brain that my life is over at 30, so I have to accomplish so many things before I'm 30. And I can Mm. tell you that I accomplished not a single one of those goals. And I realized that, oh, I still have, like, my whole life ahead of me to do this. So before um, I get into that, uh, my life before was, uh, I guess, trigger warning for anybody who has anxiety or depression or suicidality. I want to put that out in front. So if that is a trigger for you, I understand. Um, I appreciate you listening thus far. Thank you for the listen. Uh, check out my stuff on <laughs> social media. Chris Neris does acting because uh, I'm a lot more happy there. But this is the emotional stuff. So I have had in my family runs chronic depression um, and some anxiety. I have the worst anxiety in my family and I've had it since a child. I was described as a nervous child and I was not diagnosed with anxiety until I was basically like around this same time when I was 19, I turned 20 in therapy mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, all of these feelings are anxiety. That's horrible. Okay. And it took me a decade to really understand what anxiety was and how it is that I like, not, t- not like saying, okay, cool. Like these things are no longer my fault, but understanding that like there are things that I can't control how I feel. Because I have an anxiety mm-hmm. disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout that decade also, so I was extremely depressed, extremely suicidal. Um, and my 20s were not great. I got to be the heaviest I've ever been. I pretty much became a hermit. I, I isolated myself from society, which made my it exacerbated my anxiety disorder. I was afraid to go outside. I didn't just talking to people made me panic and yeah i that's pretty much the 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 broad strokes i just did i did nothing i couldn't hold down a job i my i lived with my mother until i was uh 21 she couldn't handle a lot of what i was going through plus herself you know and my sister and her family were gracious enough to let me move into their home um, without any kind of expectations other than, you know, you just do the best you can. Right. And that was really it. And they helped me with a lot of it. My sister is a psychologist. Not that she was like, okay, cool. I'm now your doctor. It was just, she had a lot more understanding than I think uh, your average person would, what of what I was going through. Um, So yeah, I spent a decade healing and getting to know myself uh, through the, the, the different trauma I'd been through. And it wasn't until 
the catalyst, I guess, the, the turning point until I was like, okay. And I found hope for the first time um, since I was a teenager, which that's one of the things I think with, I know this isn't about suicide, but like when I actually became suicidal, I realized it was the lack of hope. You know, when you people like, oh, there's no hope. And it's, it's a saying, you know, people say, people also say like, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. It's, it's different. Like truly having zero hope is Mm -hmm. crushing and then finding hope, you know, it changes your life. And I, I think it's one of those things where it's cool to realize that like, oh, I don't have to accomplish all of my life goals by 29. I'm 31 uh, mm-hmm. and I'm starting over, you know, I am on this path and I could not be more excited, even though it's super hard. So, yeah, that's broad strokes. Broad strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> It's crazy. I'm I'm about to tell kind of where I where I was my life before as well. Um, Great. So back I will to me. Say... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You were so... I'm so sorry. Oh, you stole my words. Ugh, I say that a lot to him. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I feel like I taught you this really bad habit of saying that. You did. Um... You're a bad influence. <laughs> Ooh, probably. Um... <laughs> no. So it. Uh... I don't think he was expecting me to say this. Like I, he's told me so much about himself, which is such a huge honor to me. Like, like the things that Christian, like I can't even imagine going through a vast majority of the things that he's been through. And the fact that he is where he is just baffles me. Like it amazes me where he's made it to. Um, yeah. True story. Um, so my life before I can actually remember, um, I was born with a lot of medical problems. Like literally I was born with them. I've had, a few surgeries by the age of three. I just had a lot of like trauma that I can't remember, but you know, you're a kid, so you're going to remember it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, and I remember the day, the first time that I had my first breakdown with depression because it was on my 13th birthday. I was 14. <laughs> That's crazy. Is that crazy? 14. Like, yeah. Is that crazy? Like, it was my birthday. Yeah. So it was my birthday. We were planning to have my, like, my birthday's in July, so I can have my birthday party on my birthday because no one's in school kind of thing. But it was weird because I can tell you exactly what had happened that day, and I went home, and for some reason, there was this, I was just overcome with this immense just emptiness, and I just started crying, and I got in trouble and sent to my room because I'd never acted this way so here I was acting this way and I got in trouble for going to my room because I wouldn't stop crying and I didn't know why so throughout my teen years my medical problems only blossomed from there when I was a freshman in high school it was my second semester of my freshman year I ended up with a slew of what would then be over a decade of medical problems that would then equate to over 30 surgeries and procedures um, oh, had over <laughs> like I mean, just a few, only a few, like no, no biggie. Yeah. Um, but it, it was one of those things where, um, I kind of had to choose to either be super miserable, like my teen years were quite frankly just taken from me. Um, I'm not trying to sound dramatic, but I did not choose the life that I lived, but I was forced to live it anyways. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, it was a struggle because you had this 15 year old who had dealt with so much and had dealt with doctors coming in, giving her like this grave news of, by the way, if we don't get this taken care of, like 
just to be frank, because I made a rule with all my doctors, like, you have to be honest, and if I find out you didn't tell me everything, I'll walk out, and I've done that before. Like, if you're not going to tell me what's happening for this procedure, surgery, the risks, like, I have to mentally be able to process this. Um, and so, like, as a 15-year-old, here they are telling me, oh, by the way, if we don't take care of this quickly, just know the risks. Like, you could die. Like, it's kind of heavy for a 15-year-old. Like, I look yeah. back, and with all of the therapy I've gone through, I'm just like, oh, my. Okay, because I, I was suddenly launched into this mentality of an adult and there was no one around me my age who got it you know understandably so I I'm very glad that I had a lot of people around me my age who did not understand what I was going through and I can say that now now that I'm where I am um so I I, I dealt with that um because real, real, real of my quick may I ask a question yes no <laughs> yeah. so like you're talking about dealing with your own mortality and yeah. it's, 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 it's an interesting thought. So for a 15 year old, most 15 year olds are like, I'm invincible. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I can skateboard down a, a snowy mountain and no one can hurt me. But right. I think for, there are some of us who have these flashes of mortality very early in life and it mm -hmm. changes us fundamentally, you know, mm -hmm. obviously ours are very different. Yours comes from a medical standpoint. Um, people tell you, hey, you're going to, you, you might die. Mine, so my, my dad died when I was really young. Yeah, and that was my first um, brush with death. Mm -hmm. And then from <laughs> there, so my parents um, are old. My dad, if he were still alive, he would be in his 70s. And oh my. my mother is um, in her, oh goodness, he'd be in his <laughs> 80s. Oh, my dad would be so old. My mom would be hitting her, my mom is in her seventies, and my dad would be in his eighties. Um, so he died twenty years ago, over over twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was in his sixties, maybe late fifties. Anyways, right. my mother was already old, and when you're um seven and your mom's almost fifty, it's like, oh no, my mom's gonna die. You know, like, and it was such a weird feeling to like, be like, I'm going to be all alone because everybody's going to die. And it was such a freaky thing. So like, I've, I've been scared of death my whole life. And then to have that, like, I became suicidal at 14 and mm -hmm. yeah, just having that mortality as, as a reality, as a teenager is such a personality defining trait that like a lot of teenagers, I don't know if they can relate to, I don't right. know. sorry to interrupt, but. Oh, no, you're you're fine. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, having to deal with that, it it was just very different. It's it's interesting because I I have a very dark sense of humor. I joke about death, and yeah. it's it's uh, <laughs> he would know. Yeah. Um, yeah, talking, he's just like, don't do that. No, like, I mean, I mean, I think <laughs> he's just like, I don't know what to say to this. And no, I'm no, no, because like, like, I, I have the same thing too. You know, like I uh -huh. I would make jokes about it, and um, yeah. people around me would get really uncomfortable. Like, right. like, why are you uncomfortable that I make a joke about killing myself? I mean, this right. is obviously later on when I wasn't currently, you know. You weren't like, in that place anymore. I, yeah, it was It was later on when I was, you know, I don't know. I can't really think of the jokes I'd make. And they were for me, I guess, and people would feel uncomfortable because they just don't know what to say. Right, So right. I do understand that, that self-defense mechanism of making just dark jokes. I don't know. Right. Kind of like a way of accepting. Yeah, all. like... This is your like, potential like, oh reality. God. Yeah, because like for me, I, I'm still I'm still in the midst of this. There's so much unknown, and I'm so 
he's almost 32. I'm I'm 30. I turned 31 in July, and I I just have to echo what he said because once I got into my 20s, I would never relive my 20s again. Mm. There's nothing anyone could do to to make me relive my 20s. Um, those were very rough. Uh, mind you, I grew out of it, right? There's the point where we talk about the catalyst that really helped us change, but I wish I could have gained all of that having gone through very different journeys to get there. Oh, and yeah. my if, 20s were... Yeah. If I could have gone through this journey 10 years ago, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, would I appreciate what I would, learned? Would you have... Yeah, would you be in the same headspace yeah. or emotionally in the right in the same space? Yeah, and I just you know I, you know I love all the people I've gained in my life through those years, absolutely. But just my own personal battles, like it was rough. So, <laughs> you know, being married, getting divorced, all of those things. Um, one of the main things that really uh, I guess I can kind of go through and go through to the catalyst of change was realizing that um, I was with someone who had made it very clear for a few years that no matter what, us, we, we weren't enough for them. So if I decided I needed to move for whatever reason, and mind you, I lived in Utah, and I have amazing friends out there, so I don't can't you know I, I can't and I would never say that Utah is horrible all of it but the culture there is just straight up garbage it is pretty much garbage and there's a lot of garbage humans out there and it was not conducive to the career that I wanted to do because there is a lot of very traditional views of what women are supposed to be in life which are very old school and I can say that having dealt with a lot of personal experiences and there was one day where I was just like I got this strong feeling that I needed to just look if he's not gonna stay with you you need to go you need to just put it to him and be like look I really feel like I need to go and I was not very respected in any of the jobs that I did even though I worked really hard and I it was to the point where my mental health was going down the drain because I always felt stupid I always felt like I wasn't good enough and I felt like it no matter what I did like I was always going to be screwed over and it actually got to the point where I legitimately felt like I was a failure at my job and I really wasn't that good of a worker which um, being where I am now I I uh, know is not true I know it's not true but out there I would have you know bosses who were just like uh, gave gave and I'm, I'm I'm not a feminist in the way that I'm like out there being like women's rights, whatever, right? Obviously, we need to make sure everyone is treated equally, no, and I but get like, that. So my understanding of feminism is mm -hmm. equality for everyone. So, right. like, you have those—I um, wouldn't even call them feminists—where they're just like, "All right, well, you know, yeah, you have that." So it's like the same thing with Black Lives Matter, where people are running around saying, "Like, oh, well, all lives matter." It's like they do. Right. A hundred percent they do. But right, right now, absolutely. in this instance, that's not what we need. And so feminism, I think, is the same way where it's not just men suck, women are great. It's But obviously a, there's the extremists who have been like, yeah, men suck. And you're like, no, that's not what I'm yeah, about. Like, that's not it. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. in this instance right now, women need the support and and and. Right. I don't whatever. want to say the word attention, yeah. but like whatever it is that we they, they need that they need that equality. They need that spotlight. So it's not that men are bad or women are better. It's just that hey, men and women are both great. 
you know? And I think all of these movements, they are being mis misinterpreted, I think, in, in a lot of different ways. I actually, it's unfortunate, I, but... Very unfortunate. Um, I actually have um, an explanation for it. Most people don't know, but you have, like, your immune system, right? Your immune I, system... No, I don't. You don't have an immune system. That's, no. that's very sad. Um, anyways, for the rest of us normal people that do have an immune system, um, <laughs> your immune system moves to different, like, works on different parts of your body, right? So somebody who's immunocompromised, they have a lot of issues going on in their body, but their immune system can only do so much, right? So I look yeah. at it in, in the same context of, yeah, your your whole body matters, right? The health of your body matters, but your immune system is going to focus on and take care of the, the part of you, say, if you have a virus or whatever it may God, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like a, a good explanation would be my kidneys are garbage and even though they're doing the best that they can my immune system is always like her kidneys need help right now but it's all the time so I'm also immunocompromised because of that so right. in the same context like I worked at these jobs and the guys around me on my team all got raises and I didn't find out until my one year came up and I was asking for a raise and I was trying to fight for it and my then boss, was he was trying to tell me, I don't know if you've really earned it, but he handed them to the two guys that were on my team only three months into all of us being hired on. So here I was groveling for this, and I was, you know, we were all a great team. My, my coworkers were, were fantastic. We all worked really hard, but I had had, you know, some of the best customer service scores, like the thing that they graded us on to get our bonuses, I had some of the best scores, and still I was begging for a raise that I was not given, and I found out um, that he had gone and just handed it to these guys. And it really just, you know, it upset me. And that was that's kind of like the best way to say, that was the moment where I go, there is a place somewhere out there. And after especially going same company going out to Sweden and visiting my coworkers out there and just seeing how much just I didn't have to beg for their respect like they were around me and they were just amazed and enamored by my knowledge by like <laughs> they made me feel like I was actually a valuable part of the company and in that moment I realized there was something more out there for me and that this it wasn't the place for me and I again kind of terrifying to end end a relationship as a whole and just say, you know, I got to do what's right for me. And that was kind of the catalyst, was understanding that I deserved to be happier, deserved a little bit more. And the only person who was going to do that for me is myself. And I, I felt it was unfair to expect other people to do that for me, um, let alone, you know. Um, that was kind of the catalyst for me where I, I decided I was going to make some pretty huge decisions. Um, and it was really the catalyst for change. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Christian? That's a pretty that's a pretty big slap in the face to give you that realization. Um, I don't know if I have like a single catalyst. I so we we had talked last night previous to this podcast, and I, mm -hmm. I had mentioned to you um, where. I was so I'm still living with my my sister and her family because voice acting is hard it's very competitive and as I am making money I am not making enough to support myself completely um and I'll get there that's all a part of the the, the plan but you know but my family's still great and I love them to death anyways so I I think I think a big turning around point was 
moving finally out of my mom's house and accepting that I live in Texas now. So I'm from Indiana, born and raised. Go Hoosiers. And um, I went to I went to Purdue for college and uh, I didn't finish because I'm a winner. And um, so anyway, so I moved to Texas and I didn't want to be here. I was extremely depressed, but I also didn't want to go home. So I had no place where I, I felt like I could be or wanted to be or felt like I belonged. And then um, my mom was like, hey, I'm I'm leaving Indiana, so come get your stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't quite that blunt. That's not being very fair. But uh, that's how it felt, kind of. You know, it was just like she's abandoning my, ho- my, my home and... In, and now, like, I'm being forced to move out finally. Like, I loved having that escape route if I needed it, you know? Like, oh, Texas is too much. I can go back home and go live with my mommy. Um, <laughs> but I never wanted to because Indiana, like you said, it was it was toxic, you know? I'd visited uh, once or twice, and I hated it. I felt horrible every time I went. So we went uh, to help move my mom out to unpack her stuff and go through stuff and divvy things up Um of like what 30 years of in that house among the kids and I grabbed everything out of my bedroom and uh soon after and uh, my sister she did an internship for so she's a doctor now but she had to do an internship first and it was in Missouri my brother-in-law couldn't leave his job is here in, in North Texas and their kid also went to school And so my sister was like, oh, that's cool. I'll just go by myself. And I was like, I have no job. I have no friends because I am a hermit by myself. I'll come with you. And she was like, oh, that's very sweet. But I think because of my depression and anxiety, she didn't want to add that stress load because I didn't want to do it. Change is scary. I hate change. It freaks me out so much. But I love my sister. So I made her an empty promise of going. That's not true. I, I I, I was sincere. Um, <laughs> but it terrified you. It terrified like, I'll do it. me. <laughs> but I may or may not be crying. Yeah, with the idea of actually doing this. Hundred percent. So, uh, in the end, she didn't want to be by herself. So I went, mm-hmm. and I spent a year in Missouri with her. And the first week, I hurt my back, like not like ooh, owie. I threw my back out, and for the entire year we were there, I was pretty much bound to a chair. I could barely move. Um, it hurt so much, uh, and I got I got huge. I got so fat. So I was nearly 300 pounds. I was 270 plus. I stopped weighing myself. Mm. And um, while I was there... A lot of things kind of just started to fall into place for me. It was nice because I was away from all the normal stimulus. I didn't have the guilt of having to, like, mow the yard. Um, Part of the rental thing is we had some people come over and take care of the landscapes. I'd have to do that. I literally just played video games all day. And I'm not saying, like, hey, you want to go through, like, a life transformation? Literally do nothing for a year. Um. (laughs) hurt your back so bad where you almost feel like you need to be in a wheelchair. Um, but yeah, I got super, super fat, did nothing. I discovered D&D. And that put such a, a, a worm, I, I 
my anxiety. I call them mind worms. <clears throat> and they'll wriggle their way into my brain and they won't leave me alone until I do it. And that's something that I've had to accept with my anxiety. Something that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do this uh, because whatever reason. And it's like, you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to just do it. Do it now. You know, or like, oh, I'll put this thing off and I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it in the morning. My brain's like, no, you have to do it now. You have to. You I'm not going to let you sleep until you do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go write the email now, for mm -hmm. example. So D&D &D was like one of my, it was such a brain worm that was eating away at my brain when I discovered it in Missouri that I got home to Texas. And I went nuts. I started researching D&D &D, uh, for Christmas presents. I asked for books and got, you know, whatever. And I started playing with my family. They didn't really get it. They're like, oh, I don't really end. This is like, we'll do it because we love you, but whatever. <laughs> They're so like, you're such like, a nerd. You're such a nerd. And <laughs> then yeah. I was like, well, okay, uh, well, I, I have to, I have to play with people. I have to do it. And I learned that there are comic book stores that I could go to. And I was like, well, that's, that's out in public. Uh, I have a social anxiety disorder. I can't, I can't do it. And it took me months, but finally I was like, I have to play D and D. I have to do it. I, 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 I need to get this out of my system. And so I went and I couldn't go every week. It was hard, but I don't know. It's like, it's like a combination of that. And then coming back home to Texas. And like I, I told you last night that I was living for what, f six, seven years on an air mattress out of a suitcase purely mm -hmm. of my own choice. It right. wasn't because my family refused to get me furniture. I refused it because mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was worth it. And I didn't like the mm -hmm. idea of setting down permanent roots here. I wanted to be able to have that escape route back to what I considered still home, even though I didn't want to be there. I'm complicated. <laughs> Aren't don't... we all though? <laughs> yeah. Don't put me in a box. Okay. So <laughs> duly, I... noted. <laughs> duly noted. So I was... I came home from Missouri. I got a bed. I got a dresser. I put all of my things, not all of my things, but most of my things that I brought home from Indy, like my chair, um, my, I had this really awesome wooden chest. I, you know, I just, I started making this my home and that and combined with, okay, when I left, I was, my family was one thing, come back a year later, my niece and my brother-in-law both lost weight. And I was like, what? I got fatter and you got thinner and you were already like not fat. So what's going on? And yeah, my brother-in-law sat me down. He's like, it's not a diet. It's not like a, okay, cool. You eat broccoli all day for three weeks and you're, you're done. It's a lifestyle change. Maybe mm. I just honed in on the catalyst. It's a lifestyle change. You do little things at a time, little changes. You don't just, yeah. you know, I meet a lot of people because I, so. I saw that in your eye as yeah, you. I, it was a realization. Like, oh my gosh, I think I found yeah. the catalyst. <laughs> it's a realization just now. So yeah. I haven't thought about this in a while because this is, this is years ago that I did this. So yeah. I, you know, it, spoiler alert, I lost a hundred pounds at my lowest. Now COVID has given me some fluff back, but. I'm still under 200 pounds. I think I'm still underneath 190. So I've gained maybe 15-ish pounds, but my lowest was 170. And um, I, even in high school, I wasn't that that light. Like, 
<laughs> I got my black belt at 15 at 210 pounds. And I, you know, I'm more physically fit. I'm healthier now. I'm, I'm eating better now than right. I did back then. And so, but it wasn't at all at once, you know. People get really, they get, they get really disappointed when they ask me, oh, how'd you lose all the weight? What'd you do? Okay, well, it's here. This is what I did. I made a lifestyle change. Yeah. Oh, it well, wasn't was a, gonna... hey, for the next three months, I'm going to do this, and yeah. oh, magically, I'll lose 100 pounds. You're like, yeah, oh. I've had people who are like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do this crazy diet where I it's super restrictive. And like, look, I, I lost 20 pounds in, in two weeks. Fantastic. You're going to be miserable. And after a month, they're like, I can't do it anymore. I then they start like, is it not purging, gorging on like the food they shouldn't be eating because the they, opposite they, of purging. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. They, yeah. they just they break down. So for me it was little things. So instead of having two bagels in the morning for breakfast, I'd have one. Um, mm -hmm. My soda consumption, I'd have two cups a day. Okay, now I'm going to get down to a cup and a half. Okay, now and this is over you know the period of years where I haven't. I've had like a sip of soda every so often, but like I haven't drank a full soda in years. You know what a luxury that sip of soda. It's it's just no, that's good. It's it's very unhealthy. It is soda super unhealthy. Is it's just empty calories, you know. But like, and I remember people telling like, oh, if you stop drinking soda, it's gonna be really gross. No, it's still delicious. It's still <laughs> the best thing ever. Like I I have such a sugar tooth, but like yeah, so it was just these. A realization that I do not have to change my entire life overnight. I can do it a step at a time. You know, um, I have a really, or I, I had, excuse me, a really hard time with perfection, perfectionism. So I, I, when I go to do a thing, I have to be perfect right away. And with this kind of came this weird avalanche, this um, thought spiral of, Okay, well, if it applies here, why wouldn't it apply here? And I started to change my brain a little bit at a time. So I was like, okay, well, here are things I don't like about myself. I don't like that I'm fat. What can I do about it? Okay, well, let's reduce our calorie intake and then start to slowly replace our foods with more healthy foods over time. It took me, what, three years to lose 100 pounds? You know? Um, okay, cool. What else did I do? I hate that I'm so negative. Um, so what can I do about it? Okay, well, I can't just be positive. That's not going to happen. But I can start to catch myself and say, okay, that was a negative thought. Let's look for something positive. Um, and so I've just been slowly over the years making little changes. And during D&D, &D, I had a uh, a and d mate who was like, hey, you DM you DM for your non-players is you run the game. You're the dungeon master. You are the computer to the video game. What a nerd! What a nerd! <laughs> Basically, I am the ruler of this universe. And he was like, you know, you you have a really good storytelling presence. Have you ever thought about doing audiobooks? And I was like, mm -hmm. no. He was like, well, and he told me about a platform to do that. It's called ACX.com for any of you. Um, out there looking to do audiobooks, and it's for Amazon. And it was weird to me because I, I also found out a, uh, around the same-ish time that Funimation, which is a big uh, anime localization dubbing company, is here in North Texas. I live within walking distance of Funimation. And so I actually had gone to auditions 
hoping for that, you know, that, that thing where it's like my lucky break, you know, I can just go in there and they'll discover me and I won't have to do any effort. It'll just be boom. I walk in and the stars will align and it didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. And then I, I, I tried it again a couple of years later and it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, well, that's what having hope does for me. Now I'm disappointed and screw it. And But th- th- this kind of came at a perfect opportunity where it was like, oh, here's a way. And I know a lot of voice actors will scoff and I've seen a lot of people who were like, oh, you shouldn't start auditioning for projects until you have the training. Well, I couldn't afford it. I had zero money. I I haven't I haven't had health insurance um in I can't even say this decade because we're in a completely different decade. So like it's been two decades essentially since I've had health insurance because I just can't afford it. Um mm-hmm. And if I can't afford that, how can I afford taking classes? Um now with that's super off topic. Anyways, so I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing audiobooks. I'm going to read and practice and look up everything I can online that's free to my disposal. So for a year, that's what I did. I got in this closet that I'm in right now before it became my booth. It was full of clothes and such. I would just read a book to myself out loud. And then uh, for Christmas, I got a bunch of money. A bunch of money. I got some money enough to get um, a microphone. And I started recording. And oh, I think you showed me that post. You, you posted it or something where you talked about, you're like, look how far I've come. And you showed the picture of your... Oh, that was actually my second microphone. Okay. My very okay. first microphone was an AT2035. And the one that you saw was a Cinco D12. D2. Oh. Cinco D2. Um, that <laughs> I was super excited because uh, yeah. yeah, that was a $250 microphone. And I bought that with my own money that I earned through voice acting. I was very proud of myself. Aww, and this microphone perfect. here that I'm using now is a Neumann TLM 103 that I bought with my own money. And not to like brag to people, but this is four times the price of that microphone. And I did it in under a year. He's basically trying to say that he's kind of a big deal and he's awesome. So, um, look, no so this is basically my long-winded pitch of I'm <laughs> amazing and Funimation, please let me record something. <laughs> I will do right. Lola. I will. I'll, I'll be the old man in the background going, "Hey, you can't blast your Kamehameha waves here." Just point something out really quickly. I don't know anime in any way, so. Yeah, and that's why this is the after this we're again. Oh, oh, I've been using you to get on your podcast. So. Oh, okay. Truths are coming out. No. Um. So yeah, it, it's, it was literally like a catalyst of small realizations over time and letting myself mm-hmm. take that time to learn and accept. And eventually, I, 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 unbeknownst to me, I started making goals. Okay, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. Boom. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. It took me longer than I wanted to, but I did it. And it was a struggle, you know, on holidays. I had to let myself have those cheat days. Thanksgiving, I ate like a freaking pig. I had so much food. But then after that, I would tighten the you know the straps down again. Um, I wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. I now have my motorcycle license. Um, I this wanted awesome. to... Thank you. I wanted to become a professional voice actor. That is a, 
a, a sliding scale. It's hard to, to nail down what's professional. Now, I conduct myself in a professional manner, but I think that I, I read somewhere that the uh, textbook, the dictionary definition of professional is being able to support yourself via um, an occupation where you have amateurs that do it as a hobby. If that makes sense. So in yeah. order to be a professional baseball player, because you have a lot of people who just go play baseball on Saturdays or they're in Little League and they don't get paid for it. But then you have people who are professional because they make enough money. They make way more than enough money to take care of themselves. Um, okay. So yeah. then I guess if that's the definition, I am not yet professional. However, I conduct myself as though I were. Um, right. The money I make, I have... Uh, put it back into my business because this is that was something I had to learn is being voice acting isn't just hey I get to make funny voices and do do all kinds of accents that are just fun for me to do you know it is <laughs> I am running a business so right. I have to invest right. in it so this booth went from bare walls to now it's covered in sound treatment it, yeah you should see it I, I literally see it right now <laughs> if if you'd like to see it you can go ahead and check out my youtube at krishnaris does acting where i have yeah. done plenty of videos you'll see my booth my pretty face i have not done a video <laughs> in months face. but Beautiful there are 30 face. videos there um i'm sorry uh and then i also w went to different studios and started taking yeah. classes where i invested back in classes and education so mm -hmm. uh through that, you know, I'm trying to make connections and I invested, I, at those studios, I looked, okay, what are professional studios using as equipment? And then I invested back in that. So now I have professional sound treatment. I have professional equipment. I need soundproofing, but that's really expensive and that'll take time. Um, I conduct myself in a professional manner. I make sure that I respond and am courteous to everyone that even if they don't give me the job, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you suck and you're company deserves to burn like no absolutely not you know i, I it, so here's a really funny um life lesson so i hate failure absolutely hate it it was petrifying for me and so here's another catalyst for me that i had to learn that I, a realization that i came to i, I apologize i'm taking over uh aimless shower <laughs> thoughts this is now christian eris remembers things so Doing auditions. Okay. So I, I've been doing, I was, I've been an actor, I acted in high school. My freshman year, I auditioned for a play. It was um, a very well-known play. Everybody's seen it. It's the one with uh, uh, the, oh my gosh. It'll come to me. Was there singing in it? No, it was not a musical. Oh. No, it was the one, I swear it has like witch burnings. It's. I think it's based in Salem. I'm I, I mean, I did theater, it's okay. but I, someone I, will remember, and they'll they'll let you know. Um, the only I, I would say that the only theater thing I've done that's not a musical was Heaven Can Wait. No, but that was about it. No, and if it wasn't that, that's fine. <laughs> so, are you gonna try to look it up? No, because that's gonna take time, and I don't want to waste everybody's time. That's that's. Oh, stupid. you're not wasting anyone's time. Yeah. No, yeah. I just. Okay. No. Um, play. Okay. About <laughs> Salem. <laughs> the Crucible. Arthur Miller's The Crucible. There we go. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's okay. It's a very it's a very famous play. Um so I auditioned for it my freshman year. I didn't get I didn't get a part. And it crushed me. And I was like, oh well I failed. I 
don't deserve anything and screw screw theater i don't need it i don't need it so (laughs) for now three years Mm -hmm. i did not pursue theater because it crushed me because i did not get a role Mm. and then my senior year i don't know what happened but i had i decided to stop i did i did i I, I, I traded out a class for theater basic 101 whatever it was called and the teacher said after the first semester, she said, you are too naturally gifted. I'm moving you to the advanced class for the rest of the year. And I said, oh, that's cool. And right. she proceeded. She made me the lead in that that semester's play. Um, it was the servant of two masters. I was mm-hmm. the titular servant. Mm-hmm. And it was a very funny play. I enjoyed it a lot. I was very sick, of course, when we opened. Um and then, yeah, I went into to college and I did more theater. I did improv. I was a part of a Indie Fringe where we did improv downtown Indianapolis. And uh, I, uh, but I came to this thing. I was like, well, what am I going to do with acting? I can't. It's not realistic. I live in mm-hmm. Indiana. What am I going to do? <laughs> you know. But anyways, all of that to say, I also auditioned in college for another play. Didn't get the part. I was crushed again. Right. So a realization I came to. And it's, this is because I was so scared of voice acting because of what I read about constant rejection, daily right. rejection. So if people who are like, oh, I, I put my application in for a job and I didn't get it, boo. I audition on a daily basis, and this is a low number for people. I will do about 10 auditions a day. And in a week, because uh, I work on the weekdays, that's about 100 auditions a week, right? Think of every audition I do as me putting my resume into a company and getting rejected a hundred times each week over the last two years, if you keep up that math. And the the numbers obviously will go up and down depending on the week. Mm -hmm. I've been rejected thousands of times, thousands of times. And I had to, I learned through a podcast or an interview with Nolan North that it's not because I'm bad. It's not because I can't act. It's not because there was, excuse me, not because there's anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There are so many reasons. There is a myriad. There are countless reasons that have nothing to do with me of why I didn't get cast. And right. the easiest one to accept was it wasn't because I was bad. I just wasn't what the casting director had in mind for that role. So I have a particular sound of my voice and this is not the voice they're looking for. It doesn't matter if my performance was good. I could do the best performance in the world, but imagine this voice right here coming out of Chewbacca, you know? <laughs> right. Hi, I'm Chewbacca. I always be... thought you sounded like Chewbacca every time we talk this. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I, no, I, it's the, I look like Chewbacca. It's different. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm getting there. So it's one of those things where it's that, it's that small little mindset difference that becomes a catalyst where, yeah, I can do all these auditions. Now there are ones that I really, really want and I'm disappointed, but they don't discourage me to the point where I'm like, well, I'm just going to quit because that's what I used to do. 
And so all of these little changes, they, they stack up and they stack up and they stack up. And that perfectionist in me could never see that before. I, I could never even comprehend the ability to slowly make progress on something. I had to be either 100% great at something or not do it. And that was my long-winded way of saying that's the changes that I made. And that was the realization that I had to come to. So, hey, that's everybody awesome. out there, if you're not perfect at what you do right away, keep trying. A hundred percent. Keep trying. If it, 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 you'll reach a point where you'll realize that it's either worth it to you or it's not, and you'll move on to something else, or you'll just keep trying. And for me, voice acting, it even on days where my anxiety is so bad, where I can't get out of bed, and I still have those days. I'm on meds and everything. I have days where I cannot get out of bed. If someone talks to me about voice acting, I still get excited about it. And that, to me, is a, is a sign that this is what I, I want to do. Which is awesome. Thank you. Um, can I just point out that... I'm sorry, is this your podcast? I believe it's mine. So, uh, uh, move... No, I'm sorry. Anyways, back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of course. Of course. I, 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 do, I do apologize, please. Um, so, one of the things that you said earlier, yes. and you kind of just reiterated, is the fact that you understood that you, it, it was going to take time. There were a bunch of little things you're going to have to do step yes, by yes, step. Yes. Let me tell you that having anxiety, not having having to accept that there was so many different facets mm. that you're not in control of, mm. is terrifying. That is what. Uh, Praise <laughs> it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. No, no. So I mean, I think that's. I think it's awesome. Seeing a mountain is horrible when you realize you have to climb it and you think like, <laughs> I, I have to be at the top of that mountain by like in two days. And you don't really think about, well, it's just a step at a time. You take one step and you just keep going and you don't give up. You'll get to that mountain top, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's, it's taking that perseverance and not letting the mountain defeat you. Sorry. There's a bunch of switchbacks. No, you're totally fine. No, that's, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you get to the top of the mountains and you don't realize uh, there's, it's just like the Rocky Mountains. You, you get to the top of one and there's all these other mountains behind it. And you're just like, oh, I love this. <laughs> there's a whole mountain range. <laughs> Help me. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're just over there and you're just like, uh, I, I have this gif and it's this little kid. They ask him, are you excited for your first day of school? And he just starts speaking. <laughs> Are, like, are you going to miss your mom? And he goes, yeah. And he laughs and then he starts crying. Um, that's kind of me. So sometimes I'm yeah. like, hey, I get through this. And then I'm just like, I need to cry yeah. um, internally. So Anxiety the reason I bring this are up, fun. Is they're fun. A, yeah. um, so I bring this up because I think it's, it's huge, especially for someone who had difficulty, you know, having a positive mindset or being able to find the positives because obviously it's not healthy to ignore what is realistically kind of crappy in your life and acting yeah. like, oh, my problems need to be brushed off like they're a problem. I, no, I had friends like it, that in high school who could just roll with the punches, as they call it. You know, and we have yeah. this mindset in our society. There's a lot of it. You put on a post on Facebook the other day that, like, blew my mind because a lot of uh, people with – a, a, a mindset that's not favorable are usually um, not punished, but we are marginalized. So your post was about, hey, you know, us introverts are expected to be extroverts. Like we have to accommodate extroverts. Yeah. And like, why? Why? 
why can't you extroverts make that space more inviting to us introverts? And that blew right. my mind because it's I'm I grew up I I am a guilt machine. I'm very good at self blame and feeling guilt, and so mm -hmm. everything is my fault. You know, I because I'm an introvert, that's bad. That's my fault. I, I have an anxiety disorder, so I am I impose on others all the time, um, and stuff like that Which is, is just. Why? But well, I mean, I, I understand. No, but I understand that. But it's like that's that's my reality <laughs> that I've had to overcome. Where, yeah, I, I act different. You know, it, it's a, it's just oh, I don't know. It's so interesting to to. <laughs> to have seen no, that. Yeah, like there's yeah. no such thing as normal. It's just that's their society's norms where everybody has yeah. to pretend that, oh, we, we are all great. We're all, you know, on social media, I'm going to post all my wins. And I had a great day where, you know, in reality, they had a crap day, but they don't want to let yeah. you in on that that that, that on the facade. on the flaws of the day or i, I mean yeah. it, it, if you kind of look at social media in the same light you have the people who they look you're just like man i really wish i could get to where they are and then yeah. you find out that say they're in a really bad situation they're being abused or something yeah. dramatic happens and you're just like i didn't see this i didn't see this coming like what yeah. on earth is going on uh kind of in the same context like it, it anxiety is is really good at making you feel like garbage and like nothing's yeah. achievable if everything that you are walking towards is all within the realm of what I call the unknown. Like it's so unknown, mm. and you need to be so terrified I... about that because there's demons, there's monsters, and other yep. things that there's nothing but but um, heartache and hardships yeah. ahead how could you find any joy in the unknown just stay where it's comfortable so, i love it because we have different <laughs> we have different uh the trajectories to the same kind of things so my term for it is called nebulous bad mm, uh okay. i i just i totally stole that term from uh cass oh what's her name from sans pants radio podcast she's australian uh it's a podcast called um why am i sad and it's the very serious podcast. It's there's a language thing, so if you have issues with language, don't. But like she was, she has you know issues, and she was talking about just that nebulous bad. It's it's like I can't put a name to it. I can't tell you why are you feeling so anxious. What happened? I, 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 it's just I a thing. It's just a thing. It's just the nebulous bad. The things that could go wrong. Well, they might not. That's not the issue. Like mentally, I'm not stupid. I understand like, I know, it mentally. Logically, yeah. yeah, logically, I get that there's so many good possibilities, but yeah. that is not how I function. Yeah, it's just right not now, how I function. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I could have done this fine, but today I just can't. And I yeah. have no explanation for you. It's nebulous bad. That's, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Super I, fun. The whole point was to basically compliment the heck out of you and be like, this Sorry. dude right here, <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Like, you're totally fine. No need to apologize. So another thing it's that like, I had to learn was to take compliments. So I used to, when people give compliments, I used to be like, in my head, I would be like, oh, they're just being nice. Or, oh, they okay. don't really mean it. Or um, I would joke it away Personally, and be like, oh, yeah, 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 well, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> That compliment is great, but like I'm fat, so what does it matter? But now I have learned to say thank you. Even if my mind said no, I would just say thank you. And now I have reached a point where I can I believe when someone compliments me, they mean it. There is no ulterior motive. Um, unless I, I have kind of 
found out or something that they have ulterior motives or something. That they're just that kind of person. Yeah, like, but you have genuine people like the host of this podcast, which like it could be you or me. I'm not really sure who it is. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But you have genuine people who will compliment you, and I accept it as genuine. And whether it's you know love for my family or appreciation from a friend, it's genuine. And I, that's the thing. I had to learn it. I had to teach myself to accept compliments. And it's very, very hard for me. So thank you for the compliment. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of interesting, like hearing the steps you took to get to where you are. I just had to, well, therapy helped me a lot. Yes. Um, therapy helped me with a lot of things. Um you know, the things where you're kind of like being positive, kind of like going back on that whole let's stay positive thing. Let's let's ignore the crap, right? I mean, I'd be like, no, of course, know, let's have the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, well like, no, for me, the crap. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, 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 just for me. This is me personally and gotcha. like what I've gone through. Yeah, not not at you, not at all. Um, <laughs> you're perfect. But <laughs> you said it. Um, so. <laughs> And it was so easy for me to say it, too, because I, I do professionally speak for a living. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I it, it was one of those things where I I had a therapist who I tell all these things. To, and I was like, well, it's OK, because this is what I do. And they're like, do you wonder if you enable this life that you live that you're not actually genuinely happy with, but you are such a happy-go-lucky person, kind of the answer, I think, kind of what you had kind of mentioned about when I was 15, like, how the heck did you, like, come to terms with the fact that, you're, you know, your own mortality, um, it's funny because even in the midst of everything, I used to be like, no, I think I'll be okay, and there were times I remember distinct moments where I knew that if something didn't happen, I knew that things were not going to be okay for me, medically speaking, and... Right. um they were rough the first couple times, like being a freaking teenager where it's already rough and then having to look yourself in the mirror and be like, guess what, this may be the last time. And that sounds, that's really, that's really heavy and really dark to say, but yeah. this is the reality of it, right? Yeah. So like, even in the midst of all that, as a teenager, if you ask my mom, she will tell you, she's like, Natalia has always just been honest with herself. Because it's like, cool, guess what the best thing is? You don't got to deal with these problems anymore, which is going to be really sad and people are going to miss you, but imagine if things work. So my anxiety actually couldn't touch some of the deep, like really heavy things in my life, which is interesting. They always mess with the, like the lighter subjects of my life, well, I mean, which I guess kind of with things such, well. <laughs> yeah, when you're dealing with such heavy stuff, I mean, most teenage <laughs> girls, so this is my expert um, opinion <laughs> as a man who was born a man, had been a man my whole life, as a teenage <laughs> boy even. As a teenage girl, my, my expertise, you know, teenage girls look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm ugly or oh, I'm fat. You're looking in the mirror and be like, hmm, I'm, I'm a corpse with a you want, you want No joke. You, you want to hear something that I actually dealt with, and this is kind of when I knew I was very different, is I could not gain weight to save my life. Um, when, I was, when I was 15, I had a very bad allergic reaction and... I went from 105 pounds down to about 58. I weighed about 58 pounds, and I couldn't keep anything down for several months. And we couldn't figure out why. None of the doctors could figure out why. Um, and and, and, and I for remember, reference for people, your skeleton is about 50 pounds. 
So, so yeah. I only had eight pounds of anything. Of yeah, those the were your organs. Of, yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's all that was left of me. Yeah. So the thing is, is that I, I, growing up, because I, I had, when I was 21, my left kidney burst, and I was in the ICU with pneumonia, and I was almost put on a ventilator a couple of times. So I was in there for a couple of weeks. And literally... I went from, I weighed about 110 to 115, which was about my normal weight when I became a young adult. Right. Um, I couldn't gain weight to save my life. I got down in that time frame, um, talking about losing weight, I dropped 25 pounds, and it was not healthy. Like, none of my pants fit. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. um, but in that, like, the very different mentality is that I, like, I would look at people, and anytime they complain about their weight, I'd look at them and i go, I really wish... I could take it for you. I would gladly. And they're like, no, you don't say that. And I'm like, I wear sweaters. Like, I'm wearing a sweater right now, which you can't see. I used to wear right. sweaters in the summer. I had yeah. to wear sweaters in the summer because I would shiver. I was so cold. I, and Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I keep <laughs> no, interrupting you're... you. But I love that, like, I, well, I don't love it. It's I love it from, like, an intellectual perspective. I, I don't love that you, okay. you suffered. Um, right. But, like, you have people who the grass is always greener, you know? So you have a, you have a lot of people who are overweight. And I think that's maybe that's majority kind of throwing shade on the minority again, where it's like a lot of us are fat. I'm fat. I've, my entire family deals with obesity. Um, I mm -hmm. it's mostly because we eat like trash and, uh, we just naturally yeah. like, I think just genetically we are very predisposed to gain weight easily. Right. And then I, I, so I was the same way. I never understood people. I had, a, I had a roommate in college who could not gain weight and he, it bothered him. And I was like, dude, I wish I had that problem. I just like smell cake and I gained five pounds. <laughs> but I, as I've gotten older now, and this is actually within, you know, this whole process of me losing weight and mm, learning all these things is that there are people who have that the exact opposite issue where they can't gain weight. And so what so as an actor right now, I am trying to network with just artistic people. Or you know what, not even art I I do like artistic people. I think that they're very fascinating and I enjoy art, whether it's, you know, a drawing or a sculptor, 3D art, uh, a singer, uh, and models, that's an art form. It, you, you know, you can't just like, oh, I, I'm going to pose for a picture and I'm a model. Like there's, there's a lot to it. Photographers. And anyways, there's a model who she is beautiful as models often are. And again, we're talking about social media and all of her posts on Instagram were like, oh, life is wonderful. And look at me, I'm in a bikini. I look great. And then she has this post where I realize it's super long. I will read IG posts. Most people don't. They just look at the pictures, hit the heart, and move on. I will try to read the posts when I can. And her post was humongous. And I was like, what? What is this? And she was going into um, how she can't gain weight. And it's an issue because in you know, the modeling world, there are dimensions that you have to fit into. There are height dimensions, there are waist dimensions, there are hip dimensions, there are bust dimensions. And if you don't fit into their cookie cutter mold, you can't become a professional model. You are literally subjected to being uh, amateur, I guess, for your entire career. Like you are a not going to be 
you know, walking the run runway for a company, you know, it's just you, whatever. And that sucks because you can't control a lot of that. And she posted multiple pictures in this post talking about how she's like, I have no butt and it's embarrassing. I never post pictures of my butt because I don't have one. And she's like, no matter how much I exercise or eat, I just don't have one. And it's so interesting to me to see it from the other side where I have too much junk in my trunk, you know, <laughs> and it's not, it's, right. I, I didn't even have to work for it. I just sat and existed. Um, mm-hmm. But seeing just, yeah, the other, everybody Same. struggles, you know, Same. it's so interesting, even though yeah, it sucks. It, yeah. It, I, I point out all of this because I basically take in anything that, has happened to me in stride and <laughs> talking about steps taken like honestly like bringing it back to what it was like I, I've kind of been that person where even if I couldn't you know for instance we were talking about weight like I've always been that person where I'm just willing to be positive about it and it kept me in a place where I knew that I wasn't genuinely happy and I had my therapist go Natalia like you are not where you think you are. You're you're not like. Mm. I'm gonna have you start writing in a journal because that's what they like to do a lot. They like to make you become well acquainted with your thoughts. And I'm like, I am. And I they're know, like, how not with these thoughts. I know, right? Yeah. So they're like, you need to become acquainted with these and write this down. And I'm like, okay, I will. That's totally fine. I already do it. And then when I, she's like, when you think about it or when you feel it, write it down. And the more I wrote it down, I was like, oh my gosh. I knew what I needed to do, and it terrified me. Um, but if you don't know me, and for those that do know me, they know this, I am somebody where I will do whatever it takes because I know that pain is inevitable. But I've always learned that even in the vulnerable moments of my life, um, doing the things that, doing the vulnerable things that are not deemed as socially acceptable, um, especially knowing that it's the right thing to do, that I've never regretted doing them. Um, You know? People are like, don't get divorced. There's always a way to make it work. And I'm like, Mm. you know, I don't know about that. Let's have a deep conversation about that. Because, you know, sometimes, and this is actually very interesting, I've learned that sometimes what we mean when we make certain promises is sometimes making decisions that we never anticipated. So, like, I promise that I will always love you enough to do what's best for you, and I will always be there to support you and help make the hard decisions. And that hard decision was to, you know, everyone's like, make your ex come with you. Well, before he was my ex, they were like, make your ex come with you to Texas. And I'm like, why? Then I then I have to say that I did not keep to my promise of always making sure that he was happy and that I would never deter him from being who he felt he wanted to be and to go to work to the heights and places that he wanted to be, even if that meant that he wanted to stand still in the place that he was in. Right. And I, it's interesting because the steps that I've taken to get here have have not been easy. I, I'm trying to be as open as I can. Like this moving moving home to Texas was such a huge thing for me. Um, restarting and really just I had built my entire life out in Utah. I lived out there for almost 10 years on the dot and that's not a short amount of time. I have 
an amazing friendship, uh, friend friend group and friendships, but friend group basis out there. Um, and it was both freeing and terrifying because <laughs> anxiety and the unknown, they don't mix well. Um, mm. And I, you know, I, I moved, I, I'm here, I took these steps, and one of those steps was accepting that this beautiful place with amazing friends, like these friends will always be my friends, but understanding that what I truly needed was a healthy space and maybe that meant that I needed to uproot myself, truly find who I needed to be, or like to work towards who I needed to become and find that person. Um, kind of the same. You were like, I was terrified. Like, I'm 30. This is the end. I'm well, I mean, basically only- a grandpa. I think we all hit that point. We're all like that. Like, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like, that is I mean, a normal I, thing. I When I moved away from Indiana, like, I obviously, there were a lot of people I didn't like and I had a lot of toxic uh, relationships and memories and relationships that I just wanted to avoid. When I first left, mm-hmm. I felt like I was running away. Um, but in retrospect, I'm glad I left. Um, right. What sucks, though, is I had... Um, bad relationships, but I had best friends, you know? Er- Eric and mm-hmm. Jeremy were my best friends in the whole world. Eric moved in with me at my mom's house and basically was like my live-at-home nurse. I was so unfunctional. He did my laundry for me. He cooked me food, you know? It, like, that's that's what a good a, friend. Yeah, that's above and beyond what a friend does. That's, you know, like, he was literally my nurse. Um, like, he watched my sister's kids because I was unable to. Um. Mm-hmm. I was in my bed for hours, you know, basically all day, every day. I was immobile. Um, and I know that I saw sometimes it was too much for him. You know, he had to go and, and de-stress and I would take it personally because I was very selfish and just so wrapped up in my own depression. You know what I mean? But you like, can't really control that. I guess you can to a degree, but I mean, I, I kind of... In, in that moment, I though, like, I was so overwhelmed with my depression that I couldn't. I just couldn't. But like, no right. matter what in the future that becomes between Eric and I, I will always appreciate that, and I will love him for it. You know. And so when I left Indiana, I had to leave Eric, and it sucked. It sucked. Like I yeah. hated it so much. And he ended up moving to Florida, and I haven't seen him since I was 21 years old. What? Yeah, I haven't. You know, I, I was. I he actually just got married, and I wanted to go, but COVID and anxiety also, like the unknown, don't mix very well, and I went into a near panic attack trying to look up plane tickets to go out to Florida, and I, in the end, I couldn't do it. And he was, he's like, dude, I get it, I totally understand, and it, I was so bummed. I was so was bummed. It just, was it just the trying to find a ticket? That no, was it was just the idea of going out. Like, I have a hard time just going to the grocery store because it's mm. such a thing. So the idea of going, if I stay in a hotel, how clean is this hotel? Who was in it before me? Had they been sterilizing things? And then going and meeting these people at the wedding, have they been... I couldn't. I just couldn't. So many things. It was snowballed so hard for me, and I couldn't. I could not do it. And he, no guilt. It was just total acceptance. 
of a huge moment in his life that I missed out on. And I, it sucks. Mm. I, I hate it. I, I love him like a brother. And it sounds like he's it. such a good pal, though, that he's, yeah. he gets it, which is, I would say, <laughs> he's probably your best friend's soulmate. So, I mean, it's, it's been joked about. Like, I mean, in high school, it was never just it's a real thing. It, I'm saying that, like, it, was, it was never just, hey, what's Christian <laughs> up to tonight? It was, or what's Eric up to tonight? It's, hey, what's, what's, what's Eric and Christian up to tonight? Because we were inseparable. I had a key to his yeah. house at his parents' house, I had a bed in his parents house um i was there just so much uh, we we could go a full day and not talk to each other we'd hang out we would be together from waking up to going to bed and realize we haven't had a full conversation because we had short talk we would we could grunt and point and just have a full conversation in a few little moments and you went back to caveman, got it. Basically, you know, it was it, it's, a, it's a very unique male relationship that is. We got teased for it too. Oh, look, their their boyfriends are gonna, their husbands are gonna get married. They're gay, obviously, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with that. It was a a relationship where we were both black sheep of our family, and we needed acceptance from somebody else, and we gave it to each other with full acceptance of who the other person was. And right, not having to hide any of that. That's so yeah. important. I feel like that's really important. Um, like we just tell knowing. each other that we love each other. And men don't do that. And I'm not even embarrassed. He, you know, we talked on Christmas and he said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. You know, oh, it's so just. Cute. <laughs> that it's, is it's, like, it's, I love that. I love that you have that kind of It's a relationship I would never trade for anything. Oh. Yeah. I actually yeah. got goosebumps just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but see, and, and imagine like you, you uprooted your life. You left this toxic place in yeah. Indiana. And even though you uprooted yourself, kind of the same thing. Like you have this friendship that is always going to be there. Oh yeah. It's a death grip. I'm never letting it go. <laughs> he yeah. cannot get away from me now. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Better watch <Friends>. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, wife of yours, she might not be as permanent as you think if she tries to take you uh, away from me. <laughs> uh, I think that's how we are with all of our friends, though. Let's yeah, be real. Like, yeah. if we have real friends and they yeah. end up with someone who's less than awesome. No, she's great. Listen, like, Eric uh, Eric awesome. appreciates her so much, and they've been through a lot together. Um, and I, I, I will admit, full full transparency, there is a jealousy there. Um, I always thought that he and I would be end up together and get married. No, but like, <laughs> I it's just you know you'd always be bros, always be buds, like no, always. I, I know that we're still gonna be friends, but I always I always appreciated that our friendship was so unique, our relationship was so unique. Like he treated me differently than anybody else in his life, and I liked that. I felt very special in that way. He could be just super angry and just in a really bad mood and then get on the phone with me and just be like, hey, bro, what's up? And just be super fine and not even angry with me, even though he's had the worst day in, the, in, in like forever. I don't mm-hmm. know. And and I, I will admit that I, I, I do struggle with this, that he has someone in his life that she, I don't know, maybe they're closer than he and I are and that it does. Or maybe it's a different kind of closeness. I'm going to help you out here to say maybe hashtag anxiety, different kind of closeness. Okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like, 
I was basically his <laughs> wife, and and oh my goodness. Okay, oh well, gosh. it's kind of crazy. Like looking back at life, looking just at how I was before. I went to Utah a week ago, and I was not sure how I was going to feel about it. I was telling Christian in depth last night about it. Like he knew before how I felt. Like everything I'd like let him know I'm like I'm so super anxious going I don't know if I'm gonna feel like it was a mistake to move and I just I you know life before like I went there and I can remember like you, you kind of got you, you start setting into the same feelings and emotions and thought patterns that you had before and it was just so uncomfortable to be that person that I was in Utah and that was the moment that I knew that I made the right decision to leave and I was filled with so much gratitude for it. Um, like I look at like the catalyst. Like I wish I could change the things that really pushed me to get to make the decisions that I did and get to where I am today. And they really sucked. They were heartbreaking. Like I cannot tell you how many awful nights I've had by myself. Um, you know, having to figure out my 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 stuff and you know just questioning my decisions, but also doing what I felt was best for me for the sake of my you know self love. And um, it's just kind of crazy to look back on that, just look at my life before and to think, holy crap, remembering who I was back then and the fact that I was gutsy enough to actually go for it and do what was best for me, like, mm. it's crazy to look back at stuff like that. Yeah. And just... No, and I, I've told you before you know. that I respect the crap out of you for the tough decisions no. that you've had to make not had to like you've chosen to make that you've done that you've gone through you know that you moved out to utah for yourself then you moved back to to texas for yourself and it was scary and it was uncertain but like you rocked it you know you, you had this job that you that just you you felt abused at and you're like you know what screw it i'm out you know you were in a relationship like my my past relationships i would take abuse i would take all of the bad things because i don't know if i don't know what it is if it's like a self-respect thing or a neediness or, or what have you uh whatever my issues are you were able to come to conclusions of i am worth it i am I, I deserve better than this. And you'll leave those relationships. Like, I've never broken up with someone. I've always been dumped. And Garbage. Yeah, it, but, I mean, it is what it is. Those relationships right. weren't great for me I'm anyways, saying, oh, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's garbage having to make these kinds of decisions. It's just... Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I thought, apologize. I that was not calling clear. me garbage. Um, no, no, you're no, not no, garbage. No, 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 no. Oh, I wasn't never. I, didn't think I would that. never. <laughs> um... But no, I do. I, re, I respect that 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 strength of character that you have, and I, I think it's very um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inspiring. Thank you. Genuinely. That's very sweet. Thank you. No, I do appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's crazy. I like remembering stuff that I didn't even think of when I was thinking about what I would talk about when we made this tonight, and I'm just like, it's it's crazy to me to look back at. Just everything. Yeah, and it like is, even it is really for fun you, thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's mm -hmm. like I'm sure everyone, anybody listening, can definitely understand and like empathize with this to some degree. Oh, 100%. I feel like you know, like I kinda look at it like 
we're each a plate, right? So everyone's like, maybe what you can handle isn't what I can handle because I'm just a right. paper plate. And I'm and you're this huge ceramic, wonderful, you know, platter per se. You can carry a lot. Yeah. You know, if anything, we're all doing our best. And the weight of what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis should not be judged on, well, I've gone through this. Like that actually bothers me when people say, Well, I've gone through this. So you I should be able hate to do that. It. I, me I too. Hate that. I'm or, just like, that is so like you have no idea what someone's gone through and our experiences are so different that I can I can take so much in my life because of the trauma, like that's legitimate trauma that I've dealt with in my life, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. So for like for me, I'm like, are you wishing this awful life that you've lived on other people? Sometimes you have to have a come to Jesus moment with people and be like, look, get your crap together. Well, there's that, and you also you know everybody I mean? has their own struggles and, and triggers. Triggers is is a very right. popular word right now. So there are certain things where, uh. Let's say that, um, okay, like I hate heights. Heights freak me out, okay? Mm -hmm. And do do you, for instance, do you have a fear of heights? No, I love roller coasters Fantastic. and I love fun. <laughs> Perfect, okay? And then, mm -hmm. so then what is something that freaks you out then? Like the, along the same kind of line. Um, Kind of the same thing, kind of just something. I no, am I just, terrified. I just mean like people have like these strengths and weaknesses so my thing is heights, I'm you... live in the water like I have a f actual phobia of deep bodies of water so I know that there are things that live okay. down there and I panic I love canoeing and, and kayaking and here I am in it and I'm just like I don't want to look at the water because I'm literally that I would love to it. say okay everybody has their strengths and weaknesses and everybody can help each other out I I can't help you with that one because I don't large bodies of water can go away forever um oh Okay, so we agree but, on that. So, <laughs> among a, a different, more normal—well, normal is subjective—but people have their strengths and weaknesses, you know. Like, right. That's why I think in, in relationships, whether they're romantic or even just friendships or family yeah, relationships, where you romantic. you will go. Everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own triggers. Where you help the other person through the parts that they can't, and then they help you, vice versa. You know. Definitely. And I think that that's great, you know, like I, I, like I said, I'm trying to start a business. I don't know anything about business. Luckily, my brother-in-law has a degree in business. So when I have questions mm -hmm. or I have concerns, I go to him and I ask him and I use that resource, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's great. I think that that that's and he appreciates that. And if he has issues that I can help with. Whatever they may be, I am there. I don't really remember my point of this. But everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. So whether you're a paper plate and someone else is a huge ceramic platter, you have to remember that ceramic is very, very brittle. You drop a paper plate, that paper plate's not going to break at all. It's just going to drift real lightly to the ground and be intact. You drop that platter, it's so brittle it'll smash. That's true. So And sometimes you have to put yourself back together. It's all about what people can handle. Like Yeah. And it can Being be respectful different. of people's journeys, like 100%. yeah. You know what my yeah, pet peeves is. Uh... One of my pet peeves is talking uh, to somebody. Oh, I'm that, sorry. That's it. No, um, <laughs> it's talking to somebody, and they ask you, "Hey, how was your day?" Oh man, my day was pretty bad. Oh yeah, well, was it as bad as my day? 
It's like, dude, why did you? Why I can't? I I just this isn't a competition. It's not a competition. That sucks. Here's my sucky day. Like, man, that does suck. Wow, we both had crappy days. Like, let's go punch our crappy day in the face. Or just you know, share and vent to to each other and just support each other. It's I do. I hate that. Validate validate people's feelings and then say, you know what? Yeah. Let's make each other laugh. Another one that's along the same lines is um. Oh, if it makes you feel better, I, I, you know, my, my leg's broken. No, that doesn't make me <gasps> yeah. feel any better. No, it doesn't make me feel any better. I care about you. I still, wholeheartedly agree with this. But it's still a competition, though, because that's just, it's just a different way of, of framing it. It's like, oh, you think you have it bad? Well, at least your leg's not broken. Yeah. So you should feel better about yourself because you, your leg's not broken. It's like, well, no, I don't feel any better about myself. I don't feel good that you have a broken leg either. That sucks. I but my I stuff also sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like my stuff still also sucks. Even though right, my kind of like, fine. yeah, kind of like taking and validating how you feel because 100%. it's not as bad, and you're like, no, 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 it still sucks for me, even if you different. have it worse. So I that's a lesson that I learned uh, in therapy. I went to group therapy. I, did I tell you the story of the of the woman who I might have for for new oh, listeners who who haven't been listening in our private conversations. Yeah, I was in group therapy. I know, right? They should you should really tune in when we talk every week. (laughs) Um, Where we, I was I was sharing to the group about a relationship that I was I had just gotten out of, and I was getting very emotional about it. And this older woman, uh, who was about the same age as my mom, maybe a little bit older at the time, probably still is older than my mom. I'm not sure. Maybe she stopped aging, but um. (sighs) She could have. She's an amazing woman. I would be not shocked if she figured it out. So she got really, we'll call it passionate um, while I was sharing, you know, like saying, oh, hey, you should, you should do this. You should do that. And blah, da, 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 da. And I felt horrible. I felt like, oh, geez, like this woman. So her story was she was married with kids. Her husband was very abusive physically and all that stuff. And she stayed with him for the kids to keep the family together. But as mm-hmm. soon as he even hinted at turning that abuse on the kids, she grabbed the kids and left, just took off because she's like, I'll take the abuse. I can handle it, but you don't touch my kids. And then right. she single, like single mommed it for the rest of her life. And I remember when she shared that, I felt horrible because... I empathized with how she felt. And I remember talking with my therapist later. Um, I don't deserve to be here. She, like this woman has had a life where she was literally like had the crap beaten out of her on a daily basis. And I've got the weepies because my girlfriend was mean to me. Um, And Mm -hmm. he's like, no, like the human brain only has so many ways of dealing with trauma. You only have so many different ways you can react. So two people can have two completely different circumstances and react the exact same way. Empathy does not have to be from the same event. And mm-hmm. conversely, two people can, exp- can two people can be in the towers at 9-11 and react differently and not right. be able to relate to each other because they reacted differently. And right. so I, I was like, you know what, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about, old man. And so then I had that experience where I'm sharing and she tears into me. And I was like, oh, there you go. That's proof. I don't deserve to be here. This amazing woman who bootstrapped her way through life 
and I'm just over here with the weepies. And after we had a break after the group and she came up to me and she apologized. She's like, I'm so sorry. I just got really overwhelmed and you, I just want better for you. You remind me so much of myself at your age that I just, you're, you're a great kid and I want the best for you. And I don't, I, I hate that you were treated that way. Mm -hmm. And it like simultaneously like broke my heart and swelled my heart. You know what I mean? Where I was like, right. I felt so validated because she felt the same thing I did. She felt empathy towards me. She felt hashtag relatable to what I had been going through, even though it was so different. And in my mind, less uh, bad. But again, mm -hmm. like you said, it's not less. It's just different. I don't know. It, that, that was a huge moment for me. And I really... That was 10 years before any of this realization, but that's something that really stuck with me um, through my whole life. It's, I have a video I'm going to share with Christian. It's interesting. No that one else can see it. No one else. Um, you can find <laughs> it. It calls, Who's One Stranger That You Still Remember? And this person just goes up to random people and asks them these deep questions and have them answer. And it's, it's interesting because you're talking about this woman that you've had a couple of experiences, you know, with in group therapy, and yet you still remember the things that she said. Um, and if anything, it still helps you to this day. Uh, you know, just looking at starting over. She was there. So like she, I, if anything, you could look at it as she was like, "Look, it gets better. I promise you." Like, and at that point, you're probably like, "Whatever." <laughs> Aren't we all there? It was also really uh, hard too, because in that group, everybody there was like. 50 40 50 60 oh, years old and i was 19 yeah so i was 19 years old seeing these people who were twice my age triple my age and they're still miserable and i right. was it, it was kind of like okay cool well i've got a head start but it was also kind of like oh geez life sucks yeah. you know yeah um that's crazy yeah but at the same time it was just that's their journey they were mm -hmm. having their catalyst then. And that that therapy was part of their journey of changing their lives. So we're talking about, hey, I hit 30 and I'm making I'm I'm now pursuing my goals and I'm living my life. Well, I can't say names, but you know, these people were sixty. One guy who I adored. I remember when he left group because uh, we would like graduate or whatever, I cried because Aww. I really attached to him a lot. And he turned 60 while we were there. And that was part of his journey. He started his life over. Maybe not from scratch like how I feel like I am. But like he mm -hmm. was entering a new chapter of his life and finding out how to make himself happy and starting over. And there is mm -hmm. no time limit. There is no deadline. I guess the deadline is you're dead. But <laughs> Right. You know, yeah, every like, day is a chance. Every day is a chance, and and the and you know you you start, and it doesn't have to be tomorrow that you're different. It doesn't have to be tomorrow that you're successful. It doesn't have to be that way. It is just one step at a time. You know, you do you find out what works for you. You know, people mm -hmm. with um, anxiety. So my my all of the women that I've been involved with, girls, whatever. I mean, because throughout my life, girls, women. That sounds really creepy. It's 30. So all the girls I've been with, <laughs> that's creepy. But like, you know, when I was younger to when I'm All the now, romantic interests throughout his life. I do believe that they've all had anxiety disorders. And mm -hmm. 
so some of these relationships were before I realized I had an anxiety disorder and some of them have been post. And the, the ones that have been post have been really interesting to me because I, when I now know what I'm doing is anxiety and now what she's doing is anxiety, our anxiety is not the same. What mm-hmm. we need to make ourselves feel better when we have anxiety episodes are different. Mm-hmm. And it was something that was very eye-opening for, I think, both of us, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, so basically what the point of this is your journey, comparing your journey to someone else's journey is not helpful. Ever. Yeah, looking at the, the celebrity who is successful now, well, that's not fair to look at. And even looking at their journey, how they got there is not helpful. You know, what works for you? You can look at other people for inspiration Here. or for ideas. Well, I mean, let's, let's look at it this way, okay? Here's Christian thinking, oh my gosh, Natalia, me, is inspiring. Look at her. Oh my gosh, that, right? And I'm over here like, I'm just me, <laughs> you know? Mm. I'm just, I'm doing the best that I can. 100%. And here I am looking at Christian being like, oh, having known the depths of my struggles, if they had been any worse, which it sounds like yours have been than mine, like to the that's extent. Not even, that, hey, so that's hey, not even fair to compare. Okay. Okay. Let me finish. Let me okay. finish the thought. Okay? I will let you finish. Uh, thank you. Anyways, back to me. Um, so, back to me. Um, is it, you know, I have to look at it as like he, I, I was not, um, I wasn't a kid that I was never called nervous. Everyone saw me as confident. Mm-hmm. I was that kid that if there was a boy making fun of my friends in the neighborhood, I would go beat him up and scare the crap out of him and tie him to my parents' oak tree. I am not kidding. Ask about that later. Like, I legit, like, us girls, I'd be like, no, you're going to help me. We, we got him. He's going to pay for the fact that he made you cry, whatever. Like, I was that girl, right? I wasn't nervous. Like, I, 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 I can't understand that, right? So I'm looking at, at it like I had so to have long. my mom. I had to have my mom walk me into the classroom for, like, the first, I'm not even sure how many days of school, every year. So I remember kindergarten, like, she had to stay in the classroom mm-hmm. until I was comfortable, like, that was years where she had to not only drive me to school, but park and walk me into my classroom. Like I was just so, so nervous and shy. So you just, you just proved my point further. Like there are these things that I don't know how I'd handle that. Cause I feel like I kind of did a crappy job at handling the things I did. I did my best mind you. And I have to give myself that credit. Like yeah. I did so much for myself and I, I have to look at, you know, my past. So I, I, whatever I do for myself, love and self-worth it's always in honor of the girl that I used to be and to make sure that everything that she ever wanted and all the promises she ever made to herself um, are fulfilled to the best of my ability Um, and sometimes I do it in a really crappy way in ways that people talk about me behind my back for and to be honest I don't give a flying F um, whatever like people can judge me all they want but at least I can say that I'm happy you know like, I am happy. And so I look at it, and I'm like, if I had to go through most of the stuff that you did, like, I honestly don't know, because you're over here, again, we can't compare ourselves. He's over here being like, oh, she's not killed. <laughs> I'm over here being like, Christian, what the heck? Like, you've been through so much. And obviously, there's going to be things where, you know, you're not going to feel like you're this amazing person in any way, shape, or form, which I can empathize with. But I look at you, and I'm just like, holy mother of pearl. Like, 
I don't know what I would have done if I was in your shoes and I am baffled and in awe of all the things that you have done to overcome the intensity of what you have had to deal with, you know, to the intensity that you've had to deal with it. And I, it, you know, again, comparing ourselves to one another, being like, oh my gosh, she's so inspiring. You're like, no, no, you are. No, you are. Oh, keep going. Just kidding. Right. Like, and so it's interesting that we all look at it because we're viewing it from our own journey and our own experiences and our yeah. experiences yeah. shape us for our future, right? So for us, it doesn't seem like a big deal. And here's Christian being like, oh, I did not go on that journey. What the hell did you? How did yeah. you go through that? So that's where it comes from comparing to appreciating. You know, mm -hmm. so I can I I can appreciate what you've been through, not necessarily from like a oh hey me too kind of thing, but like a I get those it's, feelings. Those feelings suck, and it's it's so I'm so happy for you that you I, have been able to make this journey that you've been doing and and handling it the best way that you can. That's amazing, and I like right. to draw inspiration. So we both from have it. to uh, we both have to accept the compliments a hundred percent you know and then we also then have to give ourselves that thing so you were talking about like a bit ago looking at yourself and seeing like oh like like oh i'm happy now and all this different stuff so mm -hmm. i struggle with and i have to be reminded still by my family mm -hmm. <clears throat> of the progress that i've made mm -hmm. because i i so i just started anxiety meds since I was a teenager this year in 2020. So during the quarantine, I started doing anxiety meds again. And for those of you who have never done anxiety meds, they suck. They are literally chemicals that go into your brain and are trying to change how your brain works. And it's misery. And it's because no fun. Because your brain is like, you know, this is different. And I'm going to send a red flag, which well, is going to trigger then, the thing you're trying to yeah. help. That, that was actually my experience. Was yeah. It's like... This is different. We don't like the change. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Like my first, I, I went on um, Zol. Uh oh, I want to say Zoltec. Zola, thank you. Zoltec is something different. Uh, Zoloft. <laughs> um, uh -huh. And I took Zoloft when I was a kid for depression. And mm -hmm. uh, so you have to take anxiety meds for four to six weeks because it has to build in your system before you can legitimately say this works or doesn't work. And I was dating somebody at the time and she got really concerned about me because I essentially became very depressed. I stopped talking. I stopped leaving the room. I stopped turning lights on. I stopped eating. I was depressed and nothing happened. I just started taking these meds, but I didn't realize it was happening. My sister had to tell me like, hey, you're done with this medicine. And so I went back to the doctor and she's like, okay, it's weird, but let's try something else. And... I had to then wean off of the, the Zoloft for another few weeks and then build an, a new pill that had other side effects. <laughs> and Don't so, <laughs> yeah. like, no matter what I take, there's got to, there's something. It sucks so much. But so here's the thing. After all of that, and I, I was only able to do that because of, A, the support I have in my family that I, that mm -hmm. I live with here. I would not have been able to do it on my own because uh, I, I ended up getting dumped in the midst of all that. And that was super fun. Um, B, I made the decision. So as a teenager, I was forced to take the meds. Here, I realized I've done all the work that I can to manage my anxiety on my own. Well, on my own. With the support that I have, but I, as far as without 
chemical interference. You know, building up um, routines or coping mechanisms or realizations or building up like how, you know, going out and, and, and meeting people and stuff like that. So I had reached that limit of what I can do without meds. And the next step was meds. Meds scared me though, because we're talking about with su suicidality, um, the last time I was on medication before this, it made me so depressed that I tried to kill myself. Like it, it, I was already depressed, but it pushed me over the edge because they weren't good for me and I wasn't being monitored. I was at college by myself and I tried to kill myself mm -hmm. and I was hospitalized for it. And right. so since then, meds scared me. Um, mm -hmm. So it took 10 years for me to try meds again. So anyways, the whole point of this, I have to be reminded daily. So I took those pills. I took, I found, I found meds at work for me and immediately I start sprinting as hard as I can for that border of what I can take. So before mm -hmm. I was emailing, I was trying to find an agent for voiceover. I was, mm -hmm. I would email one agency maybe a week and that was it. And that would be my day. Oh, I can't, and I can't handle it. Oh, la, la. As soon as those these pills kicked in, I was emailing 50 agencies within, like, as I would be researching and looking up agencies across the world, not just in Texas. I mean, I started in Dallas, and then mm -hmm. I expanded to Austin, and then to Houston, and then to the surrounding states. And then, like, I, so I am now represented in the UK. I am represented mm -hmm. in Georgia. And then, in, 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 like, that part of the United States, like the Southern United States. And she also covers Texas. And then I'm hoping in 2021 to find a Dallas like local agency to help me get into Funimation. If you're listening, Funimation, please, <laughs> please? just walla. I, I have a Neumann TLM 103 going through an Apollo solo. It's really good. Huh? Please <laughs> let me record something for you. I know people. I've been taking classes for ADR, please. If you listen, I, I still got to hold up my promise. I've never really watched anime ever. I told him the first anime that he uh, does voice acting in, yeah. I will watch it. So that means in order to change Natalia's life for the better, I have to get into anime <laughs> soon. So if, Funimation, if you've listened to one hour and 41 minutes into this, please help Natalia. Get me into anime so that she'll watch it and realize what she's been missing. And maybe I'll be hooked and I'll watch the rest of your stuff. <laughs> you will be. So anyways, oh. the, the, I keep on getting distracted. I'm very, so as a voice actor, I can talk and I can go on tangents. So I yeah. have to be reminded of the progress I've made because I got on this medicine and I started sprinting and I did not feel any less anxious. I felt <laughs> just as anxious and I would have these breakdowns where I'm like, oh, it's too much. I have to retreat. And I would get so discouraged. I'm like, this medicine doesn't work. and I'm not making any progress. And, you know, both my sister and brother-in-law were like, dude, stop. Think about it for a second. Like two months ago, could you be doing what you're doing? No. But, well, but why do I still feel this way? Because you have been pushing yourself so hard. You know, you mm -hmm. felt better. So you ran and you've been bashing your head just as hard even harder so yeah you're gonna feel it man and i'm like oh so like right now i am having a down period because in november i was auditioning i was i've been doing audio books i've been doing youtube narrations i've been taking classes multiple times a week and doing doing that for a few months 
I burned out hard. And I had to talk with my author of my current audiobook and say, like, hey, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Is that okay? And he said, absolutely, you know, take your time. Like, no rush. And I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And now it's going to slow down the money I make, but it's also going to let me keep going um, in the long run of doing what I, what I want and what I love, which is voice acting. And appreciating the progress that I've made while understanding that like, hey, dude, if you push yourself so hard beyond your means, you're going to break down and give yourself that a break. Give yourself a break, Mm -hmm. I guess. So yeah, appreciate the progress you've made. Maybe you're not where you want to be. Maybe you're only halfway there, but appreciate that you are 100% further than you were yeah. Before. Even I feel that way. Okay. I am. Yeah. I love the life I live, but I also like, I think this is normal. So if any of you are like, I don't have it figured out. Everyone seems like they're so happy and they're where do they want to be. There's deeper stuff that people aren't telling you. A hundred percent. It's very universal that you're going to aspire for more. I know that I'm going to have more catalysts. Exactly. Like, I will continue to have different catalysts in my life that are going to play roles in who I'm going to become. And I feel Christian will will also have the same thing. He's already had them. Like, this is normal. Like, I I never understood before, you know, people talk about failure. The only failure is giving up. And I never understood that. Because to me, failing was failing. If I try well, a thing we were, and I'm, I, we I fail at it. teenagers, right? Like, yeah. we're invincible. If we fail, uh, no way we can fail. Well, yeah, I never right? thought that way. But, you know like, I mean. but like, if I, I, because I'm such a perfectionist, you know, I try, I, I auditioned for that play. I didn't get it. Well, I failed. I'm never trying again because I, I failed. And that sucks. Um, but I, so I don't really like that cliche. The only failure is giving up. I don't necessarily think that that's true. You know, mm-hmm. I think you try and you get to a point where you realize, okay, this isn't worth it to me. You know, this, so right. I'm not happy doing this. And there are other things that I that I should prioritize. I, I want to prioritize. I don't like the word should. I think should has really bad connotations. Here, can I can I add a twist to the, the oh, only you failure? Add, you want to add a twist? Okay. Yes, sir. Let's Devil's do. advocate over here. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lay it on me, doll, if you could go ahead. Why, why are we so ridiculous? I don't know. Um, well, it's my job to be ridiculous there, sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. So, uh... <laughs> I'm making faces. You can't see that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yes. <laughs> he is making faces. So, I, 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 the way I've always looked at it is that I've always made sure that my goals, like, right, maybe giving up isn't what people think it is. In my mind, giving up is being, I think what happens is people are like, I have to go after this, but maybe just why do you go after this, that thing, right? It's Mm. because you're trying to achieve something for yourself. Maybe giving up isn't so much not going after that thing anymore, but shifting your focus to something else that can still help you achieve the thing that you want. In In that case... I wholeheartedly support that quote of only f- the only real failure is giving up. I get For that. Sure. Like, yeah, always, guess, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of like um, <laughs> there's a lyric from a Linkin Park song, um, and it goes, the hardest part of ending is starting again. And, I'm about to break into the bed. I don't know the song. 
All I want to do is trade this life. Anyways, yes, we can get into this. I've been to their concert. So, um, no, like, I, I've always thought of that. Like, and every time I, I'd hear that lyric, I would, like, the hardest part of ending is starting again. And I just imagine me, like, tripping and falling face first. Mm. And I'm scuffed up. And, like, I had the choice to stay on the ground mm. where I can get back up and continue to whatever it is. And that's kind of what I look, you know, there's those points where you're like, I really just want to give up. Yeah, it's rough, right? Maybe when I stand up, I can take a different path, right? So whatever. It's, like, it's, it's, it's all a mental thing no, in my head. It's 100% so it's like, it's a mental thing. It's a perspective. So it's a very interesting way to look at that quote. So I think for me, I have some cynicism or maybe some like saltiness on that quote because I gave mm -hmm. up. Okay. I gave up on okay. life. I did. I tried. Fair. So it's 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 really tough to, to explain to people who have never lost hope and really actually wanted to die. Not like, oh my right. gosh, like I my my dress is not the right shade of blue. I'm gonna die. It's like I literally do not want to exist anymore, and I've lost hope. That that bleakness is really hard. So you talk about that image in your head of falling down and choosing to get back up or staying down. I've always had this image in my head of being in a in a hole. It's a dugout hole in the ground. It's very grave-like, but it's very, very deep, and I can't get to the top. And mm -hmm. to me, hope was a ladder that we put down in the hole. But that ladder is... You, I can't see it because it's dark, but that ladder is no good. It's broken. It's, it's termite-ridden. It's rickety. So if I start to climb this ladder... It's going to break. And I knew it from the bottom. I knew it. It wasn't a question of if. It was I knew that ladder is going to break. And I'm going to fall to the bottom of this hole. I'm going to break my leg and be worse than I was before. And so I'd rather just not try. And I, I, I didn't realize until now, not now, now, but like in this journey that that sucks. It sucks. It's a sucky way to live. And it's not it. No one's happy that way. Being standing still and doing nothing sucks. Yeah. And always trying to improve yourself isn't easy. It's not fun. But I am glad that I'm doing it. And I want to keep doing it. I never want to reach a point where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I've accomplished everything. I'm never going to accomplish everything. I want to get better. I, I want to be positive. I, I want to be helpful to others. I want to be successful and not so much like a rich and fame kind of way, but in a way that I am proud of what I'm doing and what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do have that wrinkle of an anxiety disorder and it sucks. Um, that is, that's my burden. To, that's going to be my handicap in this life is I have an anxiety disorder. But instead of as before, where I went, oh, boo-hoo, I have an anxiety disorder. I can't do anything. It's now, how can I accomplish this? Okay, I can't do it the way that Natalia does it. I can't just be like, okay, cool. I'm going to be this hardcore, you know, like superhero and just punch it in the face. I can't do it. So how can I accomplish what I'm looking to do the only way that Christianers yeah. can? And that's something yeah. that I had to learn. And I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really, I don't think that people talk about, you know, everybody wants to just have an easy button, just boop, boop, it's fixed. It, I'm sorry. I am, I'm legitimately I'm, sorry for you that that does. I wish it did. 
he's sorry for himself because he 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 if it was there he wished he had it so because <laughs> if i had that button i would have made those funimation auditions and i'd already be there oh oh but I you'll get there you'll get there and i think it's also i'm let's just wanting to wrap this uh, up you see that but i mean right there see that sweat oh that is that is good mm. that's delicious um <laughs> i think we we all need to learn to respect our journey and yes keep pushing forward um i would not be where i am today if it were not for my counselors and my therapists um i for a long time even with my therapists um I know that sometimes it seems kind of taboo that they're not going to be able to help you. I'm strong enough to do it. It's not about being strong. It doesn't mean you're weak. You're not weak. Um, but, you know, if these are things that you struggle with, or even if you don't have anxiety or depression or any of that, even if you're just transitioning in life, like trying to function with a change, like counseling and therapy helps. Why? Because mm. you have all these thoughts in your head and you have no idea what to do with them, and you have somebody who is taking the time because they care about you and they want to help you, and they can help you with those thoughts, feelings, and kind of put them on a healthy path and help you correct behaviors that you may have no idea how to correct. 100%. Um, I mention that because I, uh, in my own ways, I've felt the same way that Christian has, again, in my own ways. Um, life is, has not been easy, even though he thinks that I'm this amazing person. Like, um, I think in the time that he and I have even like started talking um, you know, I think one of the things that really made me appreciate Christian quite literally from the first time we started messaging each other um, and started talking was the fact that I could tell how considerate and mindful that he was. Um, and when we finally did our video chat is that he just let me be my most genuine self. And he was like, uh, do you say all these things to see if people can handle it? And scared. I did. Do you remember that? Do you I remember that? You that. were like, do you just, do you slay it on heavy just to see? Cause I can handle it. He's like, I can handle it. Don't worry. Yeah, but like, like, do you do this just to kind of like weed people out? Cause I, you know, I can kind of do that too. And I'm like, you know, I didn't think of it that way, but you know, I, I've just always been this way where I'm just very upfront. Um, and I say all these things because even from the first time that he and I started messaging each other, um, I don't think I've ever told him this, uh, so he's just learning this on my podcast, but <gasps> there are times... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> he really is. Oh, but I adore him. Um, but there's genuinely been times where he and I have talked, and we have this really bad habit where if we talk, we know that it's going to be a minimum of five hours. Like, it's, it's going to be about yeah. four to five hours. Yeah, like, it's a long... Like, and we just talk. It just happens, right? Yeah, but we're, in we're the pushing that, two right now, and... I know, I know. Yeah. Hey, we have to make up for... La I was really tired last night because I'd worked a really long shift, so yeah. I it was actually, like, three hours, which is weird. Yeah. Um, so I have to make up for it today. But... Um, he didn't realize that, like, even me, being being the person that I am, like, I've gone to bed just bawling my eyes out, having no idea what to do, making, like, just questioning myself, making sure I'm on the right path. There's been times where he's, he and I have talked for several hours, 
and he had I I didn't even know that it was going to happen, but he, the conversation that we had was exactly what I needed for that week. And I, there was just like this pit in my stomach, in my heart, wherever you know, whatever it was. And I'd had it for weeks, some of them for months. And he and I would talk, and it was something where the conversation we had, it wasn't just me being able to talk, like having someone, I can literally tell Christian, there's not a thing that I feel like I can't tell Christian. And that is not easy to find. Um, I don't think, it, it's something where it's, again, universal. There's not always, everyone around us isn't going to be someone that we feel is a safe haven to open up to. Not but, everybody we meet is going to be as great as Christian Harris. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Basically. But okay. <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, like but there's like it's not just me venting, but there's been times like the way that he just talks and the way that he's been able to just be himself even, just open and honest and genuine has helped me in some of my roughest times that I have not opened up to people about. Um and he unbeknownst to him helped me in a lot of ways just by being himself. Uh I say this because I think that it's very important that we uh, that we be willing to reach out to those that we know we can lean on. Maybe we don't know who we can lean on, but I literally met Christian a few months ago, and he is someone that I appreciate more than I think words can convey. And in that, uh, you know, I say that because I think that we need to understand that we're never really alone, and if we feel that way, we get it. Christian and I get that. Like, mm. we get it. Be willing to open up to someone that you feel that you can. Um, honestly, my, my biggest advice would be, again, to wrap this up, it would be to, if you are having suicidal thoughts, if you don't know who to talk to, if you're terrified to reach out to anyone because you're afraid that, you know, it might affect your daily life, professional life, personal life, whatever it is, there's a suicide prevention hotline. Not only 100%. that, but they have they have a they have a chat now. Like you don't have to just call. If you if you google it, you can actually I think I want to google this. Go ahead. I mean, um, so like with COVID now, there's so much you can visit your therapist without leaving your house, you know? Like Ch uh, video chats are now a thing and I, I while you're looking this up uh, I think that everybody should see a therapist whether you have an anxiety disorder or not a de depression disorder bipolar disorder doesn't matter everybody has their own version of broken everybody's had trauma in their life and whether you think it's worthy or not you've been affected by it and even if it's just like a check-in to go and say, hey, I want to see a therapist, be open-minded, talk to them that your feelings, you're stressed, whatever. They have the training, they have the the experience, the knowledge to help you sort through those thoughts. Because you, you would be surprised how many thoughts race through your brain that you can't even, they don't come to the surface because they race by so fast. So like your emotion that you're angry, you don't realize that you feel um, vulnerable, you feel sad, and you feel just so many different feelings, but it's only coming out in anger because you can't process that, that fast enough. And that's what therapists are there for. They're there to help us figure out the underlying problem sure. to what we're doing. Yeah. Uh to kind of go off of that, like, or the fact that those thoughts that race by, how much they actually weigh 
mm. on your thoughts and feelings, and you have no idea. You have You're no just like, idea. well, I had this random thought like two and a half years ago about this, and all of a sudden. Whew, this floodgate opens, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh!" I, I, okay, I, and you're like, "There it is!" Your counselor's like, "There it is! We found it!" Yeah, like, that's a hundred percent it. You know, like I'm, I, I've told Natalia this story before, but I, in therapy, I'll make it real quick. In therapy, we did this thing where we sat in chairs, and uh, I was with, it was in group. I was with a uh, my therapist and then the assistant therapist, and I had to pretend the assistant therapist was me, and I had to tell myself how I felt about myself and big surprise it wasn't very nice I was very mean and I felt weird but like the more I got into it like the meaner I got and then she had to which I do not uh, envy this position she had to repeat verbatim what I said to myself and so when you slow your thoughts down to a verbal and you start to say these things out loud, you'll have realizations without really meaning it. And then hearing it back at me, I realized that like, holy crap, I'm really hard on myself. I am not nice to myself. I don't even realize it. And I, you know, I started, I had to defend myself. And then like, it was just so many of these thoughts that I, I slowed down to even and he was process offended that I was that having. She said those things to him back. Yeah, I but not, not as that. her. But it was it was because right. I understood that it was me speaking because mm-hmm. I just said those words. She isn't said I wasn't mad at her. Right. I was mad at myself. Because right. like, how dare I say that? Yeah. You know, that's not fair. I can't control mm-hmm. those things. You know, it was so interesting. Like, yeah, all these yeah. thoughts that I have that go through my head so fast that I just accept it as truth and real that I didn't even right. realize were happening until right. it was pointed out to me. Yeah. It's that go like if if yeah. if I know that it's really difficult without insurance. Yes. Um, it's really hard without insurance to see you know to see a therapist, and it is difficult. Um, I know that there again there are forms of help out there. Uh, this wasn't meant. It's really funny. It was this wasn't not. meant to be like anxiety. We, we almost did a, an episode about anxiety. But it's and such a like, big part no, of our life, not. though. It's hard not right. to and so bring it up. It's kind of funny that like this has turned into the way that it is. If you know, if in in your need or your desire to and possible struggle of trying to find a way to get the life that you want, if you feel stuck, if you feel lost, confused, and you feel helpless, um, get help. And if, if you don't, like, I looked it up. If, if the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, there's other resources as well if you're just struggling and you're not suicidal but you're struggling where you can chat. But if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, ideation, whatever it may be, um, please reach out to them. Uh, the phone number is 800-273-8255. Um, 800-273-8255. Just know that I've been through a lot and there's a lot more that I will touch on in future episodes, but there is so much that is worth fighting for even if your brain is telling you otherwise. Um, If you are working really hard towards something and it feels unreachable, just keep going. Break it down. Make it, you know... It's worth it. Yeah, Yeah, like take breaks. Take breaks and let yourself be okay to be like, you know what? I need to take a step back. 
to, yeah. to keep pursuing this, I need to take a break from it. And that's also okay. Yeah, precisely. And, you know, it's, I, I hope if there's anything that you take away from this episode today, it's, it's that you don't feel alone and that, hey, there's people out there who make podcasts and you're like, I like their podcast, yet here they are and they struggle too. What? We're human? What? Man, that guy's uh, YouTube. He's really funny and charming and handsome and does so many great voices. Man, he must be just perfect. He struggles? What? What? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I really appreciate Christian taking the time to join me on this episode. I appreciate yeah. the invitation and letting me talk for two hours plus <laughs> about my garbage <laughs> that I, I trail around <laughs> my head. <laughs> It's great. I, I I love it. I love it. Um, we'll obviously be making an episode soon about D and D or something else of the nerdy spectrum. <laughs> I mean, I back. already brought D and D in this episode, so yeah. Yeah, for real. Um. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. Whoever's listening, um, I guess. Do you have anything that you'd like to say before? Yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm Krishnaris Does Acting, and Twitter is Christian Does Act. My Facebook page, Krishnaris Does Acting, and my YouTube, Krishnaris Does Acting. If you don't know how to spell that, I don't blame you. Because it's impossible. <laughs> it's Christian not how it with sounds. a K. And Eris is E R O S. E R O S. Yeah. Oh, 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 Oh,